the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tells me, sweet land of liberty of the Arsene. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob Fratz. And a good morning to you. Welcome back to Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. It has been a minute or two, hasn't it? Yeah, I got to tell you, it was was a rough week last week. It was a continuation of, quite frankly, some very rough weeks. Uh, the news just was starting to pile up on me like it was. I know a lot of other people, and I needed that four-day break. Thank the good Lord in heaven for that long uh, Thanksgiving Day weekend. So we give you a best-of show on Thanksgiving Thursday. Khalid Namar, thank you, my friend. always appreciate you uh, be, being willing to uh, answer the call and step in for me when the need arises. And on uh, Black Friday, that's exactly what we had for you. Khalid Namar stepped in for us and did a phenomenal job. That's the reason I ask him to, because I know he'll do a phenomenal job each and every time. Uh, then, of course, we had some Saturday and Sunday downtime, and i got to tell you, I needed every bit of that, and uh, I used it to my uh, most strategic advantage. And now I do have the batteries refreshed, recharged, whatever you want to call them, although I don't really like to refer to that because Biden will try to mandate things like that. Uh, you understand the battery reference, I hope. Anyway, uh, we are ready to go, and we have a lot of very important things we're going to do and discuss today coming up. 
In about a half an hour, we're going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan, as we do each and every Monday, whether it be post-holiday or not. Very much looking forward to that. We are also uh, going to be talking to Larry Levine a little bit later on today. We talked to Larry. He is an expert on the Middle East, and we're going to talk to him about the hostage exchange that went on. They're they're calling it a hostage exchange. Of course, it is in no way, shape, or form a hostage exchange. I've covered this ground, but I need to cover it again now that it is still kind of going on and worse. What we knew, what we expected, Hamas tried to back out of releasing the Israeli hostages on Saturday, uh, proclaiming uh, that that Israel had violated the deal, number one. And number two, uh, we knew they would try to push this. Now, you know, this is uh, this is day four of the ceasefire and it's going so swimmingly. What do you say we extend it? In other words, they used Israel like I, I, I don't know, like like an old tissue. And, and that's exactly how they treat them. And Israel continues to give them reason to do so. I'm very, very frustrated on that. And I'm very, very frustrated with what's happening here in the United States as a result. They screamed for a ceasefire. They got a four-day ceasefire ostensibly to release the hostages that they took in the kidnapping of October 7th. And now they're saying, let's continue the ceasefire. This is good. You want some more hostages back? Here you go. You know, it's like, they're, they're, it's like a little kid. You know, you want another cookie? Okay, you got to do it. They're training a puppy. You want this dog treat? Got to sit. Got to sit. Okay, show me your paw. Lay down. Roll over. Here you go. Here's a couple of treats. Okay, Israel, you want to get any more of these hostages back? Okay, another ceasefire. Let's have a few more days of no bombing. Let's have a few more days of no uh, um, um, interference with our terror network and our terror tunnels. You want some more of these back? Okay, here you go. Here's a couple more back. How long is Israel going to allow this? It is simply incomprehensible to me that the nation that was aggrieved by the horrific attacks of October 7th is the nation that has to relent during, quote-unquote, negotiations. So we're going to cover this today. We're going to cover it in depth. We're also going to cover uh, what it means here in the United States. Did you see what happened yesterday in, uh, in New York? In Manhattan, these pro-Palestinian pro-terrorists, pro-Hamas, pro-butchery, anti-Semites gathered across uh, the Manhattan Bridge and blocked it with a sea of humanity. I don't have to tell you what that means. In a place like New York City, where obviously every thoroughfare is is crucial to, to keep open, especially for matters like emergencies and people have to get to places that are in, you know, in, 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 in very short order. It's always tough anyway because of the volume of traffic and the way the, the streets are designed and so forth. And uh, bridges and tunnels are, well, they're, they're crucial. They're, they are the linchpin to everything. If tunnels or bridges are closed down, there is standstill. There are standstills for hours. Well, they knew this, and so they did this. What did they do? They did exactly what you expect them to do. They blocked the Manhattan Bridge with the Sea of Humanity and nothing could move for hours and hours and hours. And I'm sitting here watching all of this yesterday, reminiscent of some of the things that have happened here. You know, when the shoreway, when they blocked the shoreway after uh, police decisions were announced and these kinds of things. And it's just so extraordinarily dangerous. And all I, all I could think of as I watched Manhattan yesterday and this whole thing uh, where, you know, people are trying to get out of the Giants game and, uh, you know, 60,000 people there. People are trying to move around the city for all the reasons they have to. And I watched this whole thing play out. And all I could think of, it's November 26th yesterday. It's, it's kind of winter, right? Isn't it snowplow season? 
because that's all I wanted to see was about eight or nine snow plows as wide as the roads would allow them to go side by side and just scoop every one of these idiots either into the river or, I don't know, into a prison cell. I am sick and tired of the pro-terrorists somehow generating support and being seen as the victims, and it's being seen as the, you know, the, the, the people on the side of good. I mean, that's what's happening here. And why were none of these people arrested? Obviously, the snowplow thing might be just a little bit extreme for some, not for me. I stand by it. But if you don't want to scoop them with snowplows and just push them all into the river, ending us of their, their uh, uh, depravity, then for goodness sakes, why were they not arrested? I heard somebody say this morning on Fox, well, that would have taken hours. Well, they sat there for hours. They sat there and blocked traffic for hours. So then arrest them for hours. Do what you have to do, but literally send the, the paddy wagons, break out the zip ties, drag them one by one into paddy wagon after paddy wagon and clear the freaking bridge and charge them all with public, not just public disturbances or disorderly conduct, but with, with reckless endangerment. Because ambulances or people driving cars with medical emergencies that are not ambulances, uh, so many different things could not happen because of that. And it's all in support of radical terrorists. Terrorists. Say that word. Hamas is terrorists. So there's so many elements to this that we have to talk about today. Um, and, and I'm just going to start with the update on the actual deal that was reached last week that was sort of kind of carried out yesterday and what its impact is here in the United States. And there are plenty of them, by the way, macro and micro levels. First of all, Israel and Hamas's deal was scuttled almost immediately because Hamas is a bunch of bloodthirsty, savage animals, and they simply cannot be trusted. And so they pulled back immediately and paused the hostage uh, release on Saturday because they said Israel didn't let enough aid trucks through. It was crap because all they are doing is what they always do, pushing, pushing, pushing to see how far they can push before somebody snaps. That's what they do. Finally, uh, they did relent, and the hostage exchange, again, I'm going to use that term, just to, so I can expose that term. The hostage exchange, in air quotes, began. And so far, the deal that specified 150 prisoners held in Israel, mind you, prisoners would be exchanged for 50 hostages that are held in Gaza. As it turns out, so far, there have been roughly 117 um, prisoners released from jails in Israel and 39 of the 50 hostages, three groups of, of, uh, of uh, 19, I guess it would be. It's plus one. But they were done in 19, 19, and then I guess 20. Uh, no, well, I'm trying to do the math there. Uh, uh, thir- no, it wasn't in 30. It was groups of 13. I beg your pardon. 13 three times is 39. So they're light. They were supposed to get to 50. My apologies for the, uh, for the uh, uh, faulty math there. At any rate, they did one-third of them on Friday, one-third on Saturday, and then one-third of them yesterday. Israel has released 117 Palestinians that were held. Now, I want to underscore this as we talk about the reaction here in the United States and what's going on, again, on a micro and a macro level. I need to explain this and say it again and again and again and again. 
anybody that you know that's wearing one of those freaking tablecloth checkered scarves and screaming Palestine must be free from the river to the sea and is pro-Hamas, you need to tell each and every one of them that this was no hostage exchange. That's how they want to present it. They want to present it as we needed to do what we needed to do in order to get our hostages released from, from Israel. There are no hostages in Israel. None. There are prisoners. It would be like saying the United States government has taken um, American citizens hostage by throwing them in their jails and prisons when they break the law. We don't have hostages in our jails. We have prisoners. We have inmates. We have convicts. We don't have hostages there. There are convicts in Israeli jails. And for some reason, Benjamin Netanyahu, again, being used by the Palestinians and by Hamas and pressure from the international community, including the United States and the United Nations, being used allowed them to negotiate 150 criminals, convicts who were being held in prisons, who had been charged with things like attempted murder, um, uh, uh, terrorist activity, building bombs, building explosives. Uh, inciting inciting uh, um, uh, violence, all of these different things they have been tried and convicted of. Uh, these people are not hostages. These people are prisoners. But they got to be released anyway because Israel is very, very, very much losing its nerve. Israel is losing its desire, losing its um, zeal for, for self-defense. 117 Palestinians released from prisons. At least 19 additional Hamas-held hostages, many of whom were Thai nationals, were released under separate deals. The latest group of Israeli hostages included a four-year-old. Everybody has watched and been just uh, so heartbroken over the idea of a four-year-old named Abigail Moridan, a dual Israeli-U.S. citizen whose parents were murdered in front of her, so she's now an orphan. She was finally released. Um, another group of 11 hostages is supposed to go today, which would bring us to the 50. Not sure if we're going to get there or not, because now what, uh, uh, as I said, what Hamas leadership is doing is they're asking for an extension of the ceasefire. Will they not give the, the uh, remaining hostages if they don't get their ceasefire? Uh, time will tell. So we do know, um, among other things, that the Palestinians who are the civilians there that we are told separately, or excuse me, that we are told should be, should be viewed separately from Hamas terrorists. Palestinians in Gaza spent most of the time uh, during the hostage release on Saturday and Sunday attacking the vehicles that carried those released hostages. Let me say that again. It's kind of important. We are told over and over and over again that Hamas is not Palestinian civilians. The Palestinian civilians are innocent. Don't harm them. Don't let them become collateral damage as, as you go after the Hamas terrorists. Here's what we see and here's what we have seen. The vehicles, the transport vans that are taking the hostages that have been held by Hamas since October 7th and releasing them, they are pounding on the sides of the vans. They are damaging the vans. They are trying to stop them, essentially. Now, these are not uniformed Hamas members, mind you. These are the Palestinian, quote-unquote, innocent civilians. That's what we're talking about here. They, listen, I'm going to say this very directly, and I don't give a rat's red behind what tablecloth-wearing, you know, Rashida Tlaib clone says about it. There are only three types of people in, in Gaza. All right? Understand this. 
if you understand nothing else about what's going on over there and how it's impacting us here. There are only three types of people in Gaza. There are Hamas. That's number one. Number two, there are families and supporters of Hamas. And number three is future Hamas. That's it. That's it. There's nobody else in Gaza. Hamas, supporters of Hamas, and future members of Hamas. That's what is there, which is why every single day that goes by that, that Benjamin Netanyahu and Joe Biden by extension and the United Nations by further extension allows Hamas to keep 200 hostages, all they are doing is guaranteeing more Israeli deaths. All they're doing is guaranteeing more Israeli deaths. You understand that? Because the longer they have hostages, the more ceasefires and pauses that they can demand. And the more of those that they demand, the more they reform, the more they rebuild, the more they strategize, the more they plan their next incursion into Israel. We're letting them use the hostages as, as currency. We'll give you a little bit of your money back, but only in exchange for this, this concession or that concession. This is a horrific situation. Meanwhile, let's come home. Meanwhile, let's see what's going on in the United States. The United States of anti-Semitism in far too many places, like, you know, for example, I don't know, New York City. In New York City, a Jewish teacher there was forced to lock herself in an office at her school because hundreds of her students began rampaging and rioting throughout the school after they learned that she dared to attend a gasp pro-Israel rally. She's Jewish. She attended a rally and supported Israel in this horrific situation that was forced upon them by the savage animals known as Palestinian Hamas. All she did was attend a rally. They wanted to kill her. The teacher was seen holding a sign of Israel supporting it. A senior at the school told the New York Post. A bunch of kids decided to make a group chat, expose her, talk about it, and then they started a riot. They ran amok, chanting, jumping, shouting, waving Palestinian flags and banners, uh, pounding on doors, trying to barge into the teacher's classroom, despite staffers blocking their entry. That's a teacher who's Jewish, who is literally being assaulted by pro-terrorist American students. Let me say that part again. Pro-terrorist American students. That's what's going on in in our schools or in enough of them. And let's go to the collegiate level now. I told you there are these micro level stories and we have macro level level stories too. But here's another micro. A University of Southern California economics professor named John Strauss has been run off of his own campus. He is on paid administrative leave. He is banned from setting foot on campus after comments he made about Hamas killers and terrorists. He correctly said what I have said in this radio program many, many times. Kill them. Kill them all. All Hamas terrorists who raped, beheaded, tortured, kidnapped, and murdered Jews on that day should be killed. All of them. He said Hamas is nothing but murderers, and they, every one of them should be killed. I hope they are all killed. That's what Hamas is. There's nothing controversial or shouldn't be nothing controversial about that. But you know what University of Southern California Jew haters did? Jew haters, otherwise known as anti-Semites, at the University of Southern California edited the video of him saying that and erased the Hamas are murderers, that's all they are, and just played and put on social media a clip of him saying everyone should be killed, and I hope they are all killed. 
Well, that went viral immediately. Led to administrative action. Strauss is placed on leave. He's barred from campus. Now everybody wants his jobs, and these savage animals, if they could, would take his head. Understand this. This is not a war between two equal moral sides. This is a war between good and innocence and evil and depravity. Just straight-up evil, sadism, hatred. Every other synonym you can think of. This is good and evil, pure and simple. Do not think that there are two morally equivalent sides here. The tablecloth wearers are savage animals. The Israeli supporters are trying for peace. Only one side broke the quote-unquote peaceful ceasefire on October 7th, and that was the savage animals. All right, it's 927. I have so much information to talk about with you regarding this. We've got a ton of local news to get to in the Northeast Ohio as well. We've got Jim Jordan coming up here in just a few minutes. So let's uh, let's settle in and uh, get ready to join the conversation, too. We'll have plenty of time for your calls at 216-901-0945. And always re- Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. 36, appreciate you being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Good Monday to you. It's the 27th morning of the 11th month in the year of our Lord 2023. Again, I hope you had a wonderful four-day break. At least I had a four-day break. Uh, If you uh, went shopping on Black Friday, you uh, very likely did as well. But it is time to get back to work. I'm recharged. Jim Jordan's batteries never go down. I don't think he ever suffers from uh, fatigue. Uh, He is relentless. He is tireless. And I guess that's what happens when you're a world-class wrestler for much of your uh, youth and uh, young adult life. Congressman Jordan is uh, the chairman of the Judiciary Committee, as well as a member of the Oversight Committee. Congressman, good morning. Good to have you back. Happy uh, belated to you. Good good to be with you, Bob. Hope uh, you and your family had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Do you ever wind down, in all seriousness? (laughs) Oh, yeah, we we do. Uh, Just like like everyone, you know, I don't, I don't, I tell people, I don't pretend my job is any harder than what, what you're doing. Uh, every day on the on the radio and what other people have to do, your listeners have to do. But so yeah, but there's always a time when you take it easy. We I lost in Scrabble. I know that our our youngest son beat me in Scrabble this weekend. So that's that's not that's not, you know losing stinks no matter what you're playing. But um, but yeah, we had a we had a good time with family. Well, you know what? The fact that you played your son in Scrabble and not, uh, you know, <laughs> Modern Warfare or one of the video games or something is amazing. Good for you. Uh, but, yeah, no, you are uh, you seem tireless, and it's good because we need somebody to be tireless and continue to work for us. A lot of, a lot of things I want to get into today, and I want to ask your opinion on uh, the way things went with respect to this hostage exchange. Um, they're calling it a hostage exchange. The media wants us to think that there are two moral equivalencies here, that there are hostages that were taken by Hamas and that hostages have been taken by Israel, and so they agreed to to trade them. There's no such thing. Israeli uh, is, Israeli jails were filled with uh, with individuals who had been tried and convicted of crimes such as attempted murder, building explosives, terrorism, and so on and so forth. Yet they agreed to release 150 of those to get 50 of the 250 hostages released. Apparently, 39 of the 50 of the uh, 50 mm-hmm. have been released thus far. And now Hamas predictably is saying, "Let's continue the four-day ceasefire. Let's continue it if you want any more of them back." Your thoughts? Any ceasefire should be d- driven by what the I- Israeli government and, and, and Israeli, uh, the country of Israel thinks is, is best for them to stop this evil terrorist group called Hamas. Uh, that I think Prime Minister Netanyahu has been clear. But we knew this was going to happen. In fact, I, I think I related to you a few weeks ago, uh, early in this, uh, right after the attacks 
from Hamas on Israel. I, I actually got on the phone and talked with former uh, Ambassador David Friedman, our ambassador to Israel. And I remember him saying then, he says, it, the key to this is going to be long term that we're allowed to we have the time, the space, the resources to do the job and to go get these bad guys uh, and not not have the pressure, which will inevitably come from the U.N., the international community for us to slow down and play this game. And, of course, it, that, that's exactly how this is playing out. Uh, I think the decision should rest with Israel. They were the ones who were attacked. We wouldn't want some international community telling us how we're going to respond if the same thing happened to the United States and, and, and to our citizens. So that, to me, is the key. But I think it also underscores the value that, that, that the Jewish state places Israelis in, in, in a place on, on, on human life versus Hamas and the terrorists. We know there's a difference. So then now, now to say there's some moral equivalent uh, just, just makes no sense. My problem, Congressman Jordan, is that this this you know little layout that they've got going here, you know, we'll give you fifty of your hostages back in exchange for one hundred and fifty prisoners being held in your jails. Is they still have another two hundred or roughly that are being held? They're using them as currency, and they're using it to yeah. barter for for criminals being released, which may indeed and probably will go back to Gaza and join Hamas and and strengthen their numbers again. They're literally using the kidnapped victims, including little children, three and four year old kids they're using them as currency yeah i don't understand how we can we can support such a thing how we you know and i don't know what our role is that you're right israel has to make up their own mind but i feel like the the state department here should play a bigger role here in making sure that all of those hostages are released in a timely fashion and not again kind of yep. kind of hand it out a little by little as they get more concessions as hamas gets more concessions yep. to carry out their terror yeah, I, I mean, I agree. And again, it, it, I think it underscores just how, uh, you know, Israel, the value they place on, on, on protecting their citizens, that they're saying we're, we're willing to, they were willing to trade, as you point out, prisoners for innocent civilians, innocent citizens taken by the terrorist organization. Um, again, underscoring the value they place in the, on, the, on the sanctity of human life. But, um, I think Israel should be in control of this. They're the ones who were, who were harmed, and they should not should not be under any type of pressure. Certainly not from the United States. Certainly not from the Biden administration. They should be able to operate in the way that they think is best for their country, their citizens, and their long term livelihood, which is how they've always operated. But they got to do it. They know in this, this this international environment where so many people have adopted this ridiculous attitude of being of, of taking this moral equivalency approach as you. As you pointed out, so uh, let's let let's let the state of Israel decide. Let's let Prime Minister Netanyahu and his team decide how this is going to go, and let, let's support them uh, any in any and every way we can. Do you think Joe Biden supports Israel? And before you answer that, uh, understand that literally just yesterday he called for the ceasefire to continue beyond yesterday. He said that the release of the four-year-old, the little girl that touched everybody's heart, her parents were murdered in front of her, so she's an orphan four-year-old. She was among those released. He said that's proof that the ceasefire is working, and he wants the ceasefire to continue to be beyond tomorrow. I, I'm, I was under the impression here that a ceasefire benefits Hamas. Hamas is being decimated. Their terror tunnels are being exposed. Their hospital, yep. uh, cat, you know, weapons, caches, and so forth are being. They are being decimated, and every day of a quote-unquote pause allows them to regroup and reformat themselves in order to be able to commit what they have already promised, which is the next October seventh on Israel. Why yeah. is Biden telling them and telling uh, Israel that they should continue the ceasefire? Yeah, well, I, I don't necessarily think Israel's going to 
you know, going to listen to that. I think they're they're going to do what again what's in the best interest of their country, their long term survival, and 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 taking action against the people who did this to them, against Hamas who did this this to them. I I I think the hard left, which now unfortunately controls the Democrat Party, I don't think they have the best interest of Israel at heart. I certainly know that. If you can look at the things they've said, even even certain members of Congress. And and you can look at the protests happening around campuses, and, and I guess there was one yesterday in New York and different places. Um, I think deep down Joe Biden probably doesn't doesn't go along with all that the left is saying. But I, I do think – and this is not just on this issue. It's on so many issues. I think Joe Biden and the Democrat Party are now beholden to the hard left, which unfortunately has control of that, that party. Congressman Jordan, you mentioned New York yesterday. Let's talk about that a little bit, too. Let's bring this home now. You had uh, thousands, I don't even know how many of these idiots, uh, all sitting in on the Manhattan Bridge, and they blocked it. Complete standstill for hours and hours and hours. Emergency vehicles could not get through. No one could get through. And to my understanding, not one individual was arrested. How can we, and and this is just pure and blatant anti-Semitism and, and pro-terrorism, because they're all wearing yeah. their, their little checkered tablecloth scarves and they're out there screaming free Palestine and, and ceasefire, which is support for the terrorists. And it is anti-Israeli and anti-Semitic. And nobody was arrested. What what do you think should be done? I know you're not a cop in New York City and you're not the mayor of New York City, but this is only going to continue if we don't take hard lines and hard stances against it. Yeah, and, and understand the case law and the First Amendment on the First Amendment are clear. Speech is different than action. You're taking certain actions that that harm public uh, uh, safety and the response time of, of first responders and, and, and those sort of things. That is specific action that is a violation of the law. There should be consequences for that. What you it's, it's funny because it seems to me the left typically has it backwards. They don't want to hold people accountable for that kind of stuff. But when when certain conservatives post things, say things, tweet things, oh, we're going to go after them for, quote, you know, their their speech is, quote, misinformation, however they define it. So uh, the, 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 the courts have been clear, and this is the way it's supposed to operate under our constitutional system, under the Bill of Rights, under the First Amendment, is actions are different than words. And the left wants to go after your words, and we say, no, 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 no. Free speech is First Amendment, but certain actions, if you're if you're in violation of the law with your actions, there should be consequences. And that to me seems like what didn't happen yesterday with, with these actions and what it meant for public safety, uh, there should have been consequences, but it looks like there wasn't. Yeah, I, that's it's a great point, and I'm glad to hear you say that because I wanted to. I read a great piece by Yoli Shapiro about the difference between free speech and and conduct. Uh, there, there was a line between where free speech ends and lawbreaking begins. If your yes. speech is intended to harm, if it is to harass, to disrupt, and to stop things from taking place, for example, if you do this in schools and stop the business of schools from carrying out, this is no longer a free speech expression. This is an actual disruptive and and illegal act. The act of blocking a bridge yesterday, the act of of, of blocking a lot of these, you know, major thoroughfares, it, it is it is criminal in its intent, and no one is doing anything about it. Which again makes me wonder where is the real motivation, or what is the level of motivation mm-hmm. that our that our um, that our left wing leading government right now has in protecting Israel. Um, I'll give you two more micros and get your thoughts on this it, it, micro level stories. Um, a, a Jewish teacher in in uh, in in New York 
was was had to barricade himself in 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 his office because the students rioted because they found out. I'm sorry, this one is a woman. I beg your pardon. She was at a uh, a, a pro-Israel rally. She's a Jew. She's a Jewish teacher. She was at a pro-Israel rally. Somebody saw a picture of it, and they rioted in her school, pounded on her door to get to her. They're going to tear her apart. Meanwhile, at USC, holy cow, that's, yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, at the University of Southern California, an economics professor there named John Strauss was banned from campus on paid administrative leave because the students there want to tear him apart after they took a, a, a video that he, uh, that, you know, he was caught on video saying that Hamas are murderers, that's all they are, and every one of them should be killed, and I hope they are killed. Congressman, they edited the video down to just saying everyone should be killed, and I hope they are all killed to make it sound yeah. as though that he's saying that about all Palestinians. He's yeah. the one who's banned from campus for it, and those who made the video are the ones who are running free. I mean, it's it's the anti-Semitism yeah, in this country right now is, is staggering. Down like that, that's the left to say something that is not accurate, is not true, and and you know, and and the professor is right. Hamas are terrorists. Come on, people. That there's there that that's that's the whole point here. The terrorist group started this. This terrible thing on October seventh, what they did to the state of Israel and just innocent, innocent people. Um, yeah, it's it's. I, I just don't get it. Um, but we need people who are willing to stand up and speak out against it, and um, in a, in a forceful and articulate way. And I don't know if we have enough of that right now. No, we um, don't. But thank goodness you're doing it. Thanks, good. Thank goodness no. you're doing it. All I'm doing is making noise. I need somebody to make actions happen, and that's uh, that's that's the big issue here. Uh, one more thought on free speech, if I could, Congressman Jordan, because this is as important as anything, particularly since you are uh, the chair of the Weaponization Subcommittee uh, on uh, on on uh, government censorship and more. Uh, the United Nations is a really really important piece in the Epic Times. Uh, the United Nations. Uh, has essentially laid out a plan to control speech online. This is more than just big tech in the in Silicon Valley, you know, colluding and collaborating with uh, you know big government and and and, and uh, you know Joe Biden and so forth. This is the United Nations globalists trying to control all of our speech online. Are you aware of this? Is this something that is discussed in Congress? And do you yeah, think I mean, that our membership in the United Nations is uh, is a net benefit for the United States right now? Well, it's it's like we we put the bill and 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 then have all these lefty countries vote against us. I remember my colleague, one of my colleagues, former colleagues, great guy from from Texas. He he uh, and he's talking about the UN. He's talking about foreign aid, and he had a great line. He says, you know, we don't have to pay people to hate us. They'll probably do it for free. So we we fund all these organizations. We fund the UN so much, and then they turn around and vote against. In fact, one time he introduced a bill. It says if you vote against us more than then you know half the time we're gonna we're gonna reduce your foreign aid or cut off your foreign aid. And he said it was amazing. Just the introduction of the bill it didn't pass. Just the introduction of the bill, countries started changing their votes. He, he noticed over time. So yeah, it's it's ridiculous the positions that this organization uh, takes against us and against our allies. And uh, one of one of our uh, current colleagues, member of the district committee, Ben Klein, has got legislation that would address this idea uh, of the of the of attacking. Uh, the misinformation, disinformation, and this uh, this attack on on the First Amendment and free speech. So um, that there's there's there, we are watching it, and we have one of our our, our colleagues who's a member of the Judiciary Committee, uh, Congressman Klein, who's who's introduced legislation to address this. Yeah, what was the um, what was the uh, Biden organization they created and then killed real quick? After Nina Nina. Uh, oh, misinformation governance. The, the, yeah, the, the, the governance the board. Misinformation governance board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right, the yeah. one. Nina well, Jenkowitz. 
Yeah, yeah. That, that was at the U.S. level. In this 59-page report I'm asking you about right now, the U.N. is essentially creating that on a global level. Uh, saying that the uh, this is a series of concrete measures that must be implemented, this is in the language of the report, by all stakeholders, governments, including ours, regulatory authorities, civil, age, civil society, and the platforms themselves. Their goal is to create, an, and tell me if this doesn't sound like the misinformation governance board, the Internet of Trust by targeting what it calls misinformation, disinformation, hate speech, and conspiracy theories. Now, it won't even be if, if the United States is to go along with the uh, recommendations of the United Nations, to which we belong and which we almost solely fund. Um, it's going to be done at the global level. Somebody like George Soros or somebody like Klaus yeah, Schwab, these yeah. individuals are going to decide what we can do and say. And this is a creation, in my view, of a global propaganda ministry, is it not? Yes, and it's and it's it's scary. And remember, the First Amendment allows you to say things that aren't accurate. That's not what we're trying to do, but it allows you. And the left does it all the time. The, the left, but but maybe more importantly is think of all the things government said were accurate that turn out not to be so. Right. It, so so in other words, this would be an international body saying if uh, if a year and a half ago you said you know what I actually wonder if. The people who get the vaccine, if they if, you know, the government's saying they can't transmit it. I'm actually wondering if that's accurate. You post that statement that I just said, you post that online. The, this this organization that the U.N. setting up would say, oh, that's misinformation. We're going to take that down. Well, it turned out that thought that, that statement was actually right because the government told us all kinds of things as to use COVID as an example, all kinds of things about COVID that turned out to be false. I mean, I, what are, what are we, we saw the six lies the government told us. They said the vaccinated couldn't get it. The vaccinated couldn't transmit it. They said masks work. They said that, that it, w- it didn't start in the lab. It wasn't gain of function, and it wasn't our tax dollars. So there were six things they told us about that. And if you question any of those, oh, you would be the case. Misinformation speak and the International United Nations Organization would, would somehow be able to censor you. That's frightening. And it's, and it's so often it's the government that's telling us things that aren't accurate, not fellow citizens. Well, and and we'll wrap with this one, which is uh, an extension, and it's it's kind of the reverse. Rather than censoring what we say publicly online, um, we have the White House surveillance program that lets law enforcement snoop on trillions of American phone records privately. This is a secret surveillance initiative. This was uh, this was uncovered by a Wired investigation revealing a secret White House surveillance program that permits federal, state, and local law enforcement agencies to access an extensive array of U.S. phone records. Known as the Data Analytical Services, this program functions in partnership with telecom giant AT&T and offers a comprehensive analysis of all American call records to law enforcement agencies at all levels of government. Congressman, are you aware of this? And is anybody in Congress doing something just, about this? Yeah, we will We will definitely look into this, but I just, just read about it over the weekend. Um, so the idea that now that some government uh, agency is, is knows that this phone number, which is my work cell phone number, is calling Bob Francis show. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, the, the idea that that's happening is just, it's just ridiculous. It's just wrong. It's like, um, you know, it, that's not how this country is supposed to work. And I do think Americans are more and more Americans every single day are waking up to this attack on liberty. And, and you're, you're, you're seeing Americans push back both in the government and outside the government. You know, I, I look at some of the things we got done. We got the IRS no longer making unannounced visits to Americans' homes. We got the, the, the Department of Homeland Security no longer having this disinformation governance board. Nina Jankowicz no longer does that, um, no longer there. So, the, the, you know, just by exposing this stuff, we are making some progress, but we just 
you got to stay after it because the left is always trying to encroach on our freedoms. Um, and it's important that we're, we're that's why that's why your show is so important. It's why the work we're doing in, in the Judiciary Committee, I think, is important and the work on the Oversight Committee. Um, but we got to stay focused on because we can we can recover from all the other BS that that all the other ridiculous things the Biden administration does. Their bad energy policy, their 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 their, their bad uh, fiscal policy, their bad tax policy, regulatory policy. We can recover from all that. But if they take away your fundamental liberties, you fundamentally change America. That's the real stuff that we got to stop now. And then new president, we can recover from the other things. Yeah, that's uh, that's very, very well said. And it's very uh, terrifying, quite frankly. Our Fourth Amendment is just being shredded. The data analytical services program needs to be investigated. The scale of it, according to what I'm reading, is enormous. And all of our personal private conversations and communications are now going to be exposed to the government under this. And that simply cannot happen. Congressman Jordan, if anybody can fight it, I know it's you. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for the time today. And we'll talk to you again soon. You bet. Thanks, brother. Jim Jordan on AM 1420, The Answer. If you don't know about this program, you should. I'll po- I'll tell you what I'll do. <clears throat> I'll post it on my uh, Always Right Radio Facebook page. I'll post it on my Twitter feed as well. I'm on Twitter at uh, France Rants and on Facebook at Always Right Radio. And I'll put it on my Truth Social page as well, which is Always Right Radio. Uh, so you can read this for yourself. It's a very, very terrifying look into what the government is about to do to try to um, see what you're saying, see what you're doing, listen to to whom you are speaking, uh, and, um, and, and Lord knows what they'll do with that information once they gather it. But it is clearly illegal search and seizure. All right, 956, Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.